MotorCityGaming.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The Gamezilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock, the Dino Nine, and Jazzy Fiddle. Gamezilla. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the Motor City Gaming Studios, Santa himself, Jazzy Fiddle! What up? That, that's not your line. That, that wasn't that wasn't jolly, nor was it Jazzy. Yeah. It's three, you know, you say it three times. The kids love it. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Perfect. There's I, no place like home. And our a lovely producer, Dead at Night. Slut, slut, slut. <laughs> Merry Christmas. That was it. Good job. There we go. Every kid, lo- <laughs> every kid loves hearing that. Oh, Whoa. wait, wait. Was it ho, ho, ho? Yeah, that was it. I got it yeah. confused. It was close, though. <laughs> Welcome to episode Synonyms. 188 of the GameZilla podcast, brought to you by... Detroit.com. <laughs> Like, I couldn't even make that more French. <laughs> Des trois. And I was like, I don't know how to say Des beard. Detroit. Uh, Detroit Beer Collective. Beardo Collection. Collection. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, go to DetroitBeerCollective.com. This uh this is sort of a holiday special of sorts. Uh, and if you neglected to purchase gifts for uh, your friends, uh, your family members with beards, or maybe your co-hosts for this podcast, maybe you just didn't buy them anything, go to DetroitBeerCollective.com and order them a beard crate, uh, get them some beard shampoo, beard elixir, beard balms, beard butters, beard combs, everything they need for their beard. Because if you do not have the proper facial hair care products, then your beard probably is unhealthy and not fun to touch, and everyone wants beards that are fun to touch. So buy products from DetroitBeardCollective.com. Use the checkout code for M- use the checkout code MC Gaming to save twenty percent orders twenty five dollars or more. Again, this checkout code MC Gaming to save at DetroitBeardCollective.com. Make your beard fun to touch. A wee wee. No, oui, oui. It's lots, lots, lots from French Santa Claus. Detroit Bureau Collection. You cannot buy these in Target. Remind me of Muppet Treasure Island where it's like, Billy Balls, it is me, Blind Pierre. Yeah. Wow. Jazzy, it's your turn. Say it to the screen. Oh, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media and help support the greatest French gaming podcast ever. We are number one in France. <laughs> we are number one among French Canadians who also speak English. <laughs> this is the worst French accent ever. <laughs> <laughs> I had, wow. Back when I used to make radio commercials, I had to do one in a French accent, and I like had to study like caricatures of French accents for like an hour before I could do it. And it really boiled down to the the pinnacle of the performance that people used to quote back to me afterwards was I uh, 
I went French onion when I was talking about soup. <laughs> so people would come up to me at like my live broadcast, like, "Yo, Ethan Asher, French onion," and my like, French onion. It was like my catchphrase for like a month. French uh, onion soup. Uh, I like how you're trying to do a French accent too. <laughs> Grim's over there, like, "Oh, wee wee, oh, no, you American swines, have some cheese." <laughs> I hit you with my baguette. May I offer you some carbonate wow. sauvignon? If we had any fan base uh, in France, they're, anyone, they're, they're gone. Yeah, we're they're gone idiots. Forever. Again, our, even our French Canadian fans are offended. Yeah. We're idiots. Yeah. I apologize. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, eh? No, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. okay. We all know that if I could do one accent, it is the Canadian. Give oh, it yeah. to us. Real sorry, eh? You know. You know, I hope you listen up to this podcast up in Manitoba. Eh? You like, you know, like I got it. Yeah, got that perfect. one. Yeah, we should do a whole podcast. Where we just talk like that. You know, I again, this quick sidebar. My brother-in-law <laughs> who lives in California, his wife finds my Canadian accent hilarious because there aren't ca- Canadian people in Los Angeles where they live. So. I did it for 15 minutes around their friends because my brother-in-law was like, dude, I want my friends to think you're from Canada. (laughs) So I built them a whole backstory about how my dad was a traveling car salesman in Canada, and that's how he met my mom, and then I moved to Michigan, had it all worked up. So I'm like going and telling these people I've never met, like my whole little Canadian story I made up on my drive there, and then he's like, now drop the accent and see if they see. And like, like later on in the night, I was like, "Hey, man, I had a lot of fun meeting you. It was really nice." And like, the dude like didn't say anything, but I bet on the way home he was like, "I don't think that guy was good." <laughs> <laughs> a lot wow. of love, but to sum it up, because we're getting derailed, ton of love to Canada, some love to France. All right, here it is. We're six minutes into this episode. I am drinking a Labatt Blue right now. Yeah, I go. love Canada. Hey. Look at this. Canada Dry, oh, baby. Oh, hell Canada yeah. Dry. It's invisible, but that's what it is. To our Canadian friends. Uh, much love. Happy Boxing Day, because yep. I think they care about that more than we do. Yep. Okay, so for real, though, we're six minutes in. This is a podcast <laughs> about video games, and we have a special holiday uh Holiday episode that we're recording early. We're streaming early on twitch.tv slash gamezilla media. Um and we wanted to do something special. So this isn't your typical format uh, that you're used to with Gamesville Podcast. This will be a one-off for the holidays where we are going to look back on 2017. And we have created a very uh, particular list. Each person has a list. Uh, six categories that we are going to go through and tell you what some of our choices are for 2017. These topics will be revealed as we go into the show. So I'm super excited to talk about six different aspects of arms. Yeah, exactly. Every we, category is we answered knew, arms. Yeah, yeah, Between we, Jazzy and I. Yeah. So it's going to be a really boring Fair. episode. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, arms just got patch 5.0. Did, you, did we even know that they had that many patches? Damn. Like, that game's getting a lot of uh, attention for being, from what I can tell, dead in the water. Man, Arms has more patches than Battleborn got, are you that and that's it, wrong. <laughs> how excited are you that it's still going to be at Evo 2018? <laughs> okay, but I don't have a problem with it, but like, what's getting left out? Mortal Kombat, so maybe I'm salty about that, but Mortal Kombat's probably not an Evo. I don't know. Probably not, so Arms, you can rot. Uh, Deadite, what's the meta right now in Arms? You know, it's really interesting that my guy, 
snake guy who I can't remember his name <laughs> and mummy man are just uh, they're tearing up the meta you know they actually you know what you got their names perfect because that's about the level of creativity <laughs> that's in that game it's so, named Arnold girl ribbon boy you know chain arms sir I read an article today I read an article today that Lord was talking arms I read an article today that was talking about arms and arms 5.0 update and then it said talked about the release of the game and how it took off pretty well right out the gate and then and then it faded really fast because the game didn't seem to have legs and i was like sir <gasps> i was like sir did you legs? i was like sir you are as bad as the creators of arms like if the fact that you that you made that joke in your article makes you just as bad as as anybody that had anything to do with arms i'm sorry Anybody that likes arms out there, I'm sorry you like bad video games. It's your fault. I'm hoping it's wrapped up under my Christmas tree right now. It, mine is. My copy, of, my copy is wrapped up under the tree for you. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yes! Yeah. If there's one game in my 2000 game collection that I don't want in my collection, it's arms. Uh, it's a it's a Christmas miracle. It's going to be a good Christmas for me. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to get into this. We're going to get into these topics. We're going to start. Um, we're going to go from you know Jazzy Fiddle, Dead Eye, and myself. And our first topic is favorite handheld game. I'm just kidding. It's not that. Favorite. Oh. Mo- it's favorite mobile game. Favorite mobile game. Favorite Arena of Valor for Jazzy. Arena played it. of Valor. He, he hasn't stopped playing it for. Uh, Ever. Since it launched, it's still it's still running. It's isn't actually it? still running. I'm yeah. I'm winning right now. My favorite mobile game is scroll through Instagram while I poop. There you go. All right, <laughs> no. So for real, topic number one, category one, favorite game of 2017. That's big. We're leading off huge. Yes, we're starting off big. Oh, Jazzy fiddle. This is where you can give Zelda all the love that you need to give it, or you can actually give a win to the game that you care about. Yeah, I mean, What's they your didn't really win anything at any of the award shows, so I'm going to have to give them a big win here. And that's my boys at Gorilla for Horizon Zero Dawn. I love this game. I can't even, like, begin to explain how awesome this game is. From the character model to literally brings you into the story and makes you care about Aloy within like eight minutes of the game and drives the story all the way through to the fact that you get to, you know, go around with a bow and arrow and shoot fucking robot dinosaurs. Dinosaur like robot like lives matter, Jesse. Like they're actually fucking, right? Yeah, they're fucking yeah. and then you shoot them. Wow. It's like, ro- that's not right. That's, that's wrong, like- Jesse. Dinosaur robot lives matter. <laughs> You're a monster. Oh, now if you guys know. say that this game doesn't win your favorite game too, then I'm just going to be like, well, you have different opinions than I do. That's great. So so other than okay, so you described you described the premise of what the game is to us, yeah. but what like what about it? Like I'm I'm not I'm asking you cuz I want to know. I'm not asking yeah. you defiantly like, like, look, because your game think, isn't as good as my favorite. Like here, game. I don't think Twitch will ban us for this, but like this is your dick and this is like a butthole, right? And this is Gorilla's butthole. And this is really like what it always is like because of Killzone. No, let's be honest. Let's be honest. No, no, no. This is Jazzy's dick. Like you're, you're selling our boys short. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. selling our boys short. Yeah. Like, there you go. Give our boys some love. And, right? just, and so you were already like this because of Killzone. So why Horizon Zero Dawn? What, what made it happen? What made this happen right here? Um, Are you I watching? Th- it's just like this. Uh, <laughs> It's a fist. <laughs> um, I think it's because they went a different route. Um, I've always been in love with the Killzone franchise, and Gorilla's never done me wrong in any of those games. 
So to have them come out at E3 2015 and say, hey, we have this new game. It's different than anything we've done before. And throw Horizon Zero Dawn out there for the world to just be shocked and awed by. I was like, man, a action RPG game from my favorite shooter genre developer of all time. This like interests me beyond everything. Like the game looked pretty. All of the trailers that kept coming out were super interesting. There was a lot of like, did this trailer push too far? Was it a teaser that like ruined with some of the gameplay and and some of the storyline and some of the endings and stuff like that? And none of them ever did after playing through the game. I was worried um, in the beginning, but just the difference of that it wasn't a shooter and it was from my favorite developer. Um, I went into the game with with high hopes, and I think that it's one of the only games, like, you know, you go to the movies and you're like, oh, this movie's going to be great, all the trailers are sweet, and then you, like, watch it and you're like, man, everything that was sweet in this movie was in the trailers, and it ruined it, and it wasn't that great. Like, this game, I went into it with high hopes, and every high hope I had was, was met. It was one of the very few games that I can actually say, like, every part of the game I was super interested in. It drove me. It was probably one of two games this year that I couldn't put down until I beat. Now, Jazzy, we didn't do a show of this style last year, I don't believe. But am I correct in saying that this was your most anticipated game leading into 2017? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Now... Looking back, you know now you know you you reflected. You said that this game is your favorite one that you played this year. Um, what what are your hopes for the future of Horizon Zero Dawn? Like we know we have the DLC. Have you played the DLC? Um, the Frozen Wilds. I've gotten into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't beat it yet, but uh, the story hit, continuation is there. So I have high hopes for continuing this game. Honestly, the release of the DLC was just at a bad time because we're super busy. It's right towards the holidays, and it's work gets real bad. So I haven't had um, the time really to pick it up and play it. And um, I'm super excited to get back in this holiday break that we have to kind of sit down and finish through that that story mode and find out what the DLC has to offer. But um, if they, I've never really been a, pl- a person that's like, I'm going to go back and play the DLC. Because it's yeah. like, I play the game, and by the time I'm done beating it, and the first DLC comes out, I've already moved on to my next game. So for me to go back to a game and play through the DLC, like, oh, man, what happened in the game? Do I remember, like... How how does this DLC gonna work? This game I is one of the first games I've actually picked up the DLC, went back and started playing, and like everything just came back to you like riding a bike. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that shows a lot of staying power for the game. Uh, it actually, in my mind, a lot of times if I go back to a game and I can't really remember even what the controls are, for some reason that doesn't bode well in me and how I reflect back on the game because you could hand me an N64 controller and give me WrestleMania 2000 and I could still wreck anyone. Like the muscle memory is there. Mm-hmm. So it's a combination of you put in the time and it, and I think that's also a sign that like it's well designed from a control standpoint that you can just pick it right back up and feel like you never stopped. All right, yeah. so Jazzy Fiddle has selected Horizon Zero Dawn Horizon as Zero the Dawn. game of the year, 2017 game of the year for him. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Deadite here in the middle of the room. Game of the year for Deadite. My favorite game of the year, of course, is ARMS. I don't have, I don't have that. In you don't my, have that? No. Okay. Well, how about... Uh, here, did uh, you here, get- here, I'll give you something equivalent to ARMS in the background. There okay. you go. 
Oh, Electronic yeah. Arts. My yeah. favorite game is Everything by Electronic Arts. <laughs> yeah. Now, how about uh, how about you pull up uh, an image of the the real game of the year, the greatest game of the year? So it it shouldn't be surprising to anyone that at least one of us was going to come out and and go with yeah the game that everyone says is the game of the year, and it's the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Um, Similar to how Jazzy had extremely high expectations leading into 2017 for Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, I remember sitting, you know, about this time last year and, you know, telling my family members, like, listen, I just want cash for Christmas because I'm going to buy this Switch and I'm going to play Zelda. I remember getting back into Ocarina of Time and a little bit of Twilight Princess over my, you know, holiday break last year just to get myself amped up for this game. And. I remember leading into the launch, you know, like we can all talk about how much the Switch impacted our year in gaming. And maybe that's something if we have a little time at the end of the show, we'll want to touch on. Maybe it won't be. Maybe we'll save it just for, uh, you know, a conversation on Twitch. But or Alpha or or, maybe Gamezilla Alpha. But I remember leading into this game with a huge anticipation and it's crazy that as you know, I so I haven't beaten the game. We all know I don't really beat games, but I'm working towards it. I'm 75 hours into this game, which is actually a huge amount of gameplay for me to put into a video game in a year. Looking back now, almost a year later on Breath of the Wild, it is everything everyone hyped the game to be, dreamed the game to be, anticipated the game to be, and uh, almost infinitely more. And it's crazy because this game had so much hype going into it, and I, I look back at this game with such fondness that... The other, you know, just last night I was asked like, oh, you know, what's your favorite game? I, this game came out of my mouth when I you know, mentioned it with games like Borderlands 2 and favorite games from my childhood like Donkey Kong Country. And like I just mentioned, WrestleMania, that it, it carries that sort of clout with me. They talked to, you know, a lot of people hyped up the fact that, oh, it's, you know, you feel that sense of adventure like you did when you played The Legend of Zelda. Well, you know, if you would have asked me in like the year 2000 what my favorite video game was, I probably would have said WrestleMania 2000 and the original Legend of Zelda because it creates that sense of adventure. And I had never felt anything like that until we got, you know, Breath of the Wild, the expansive world. I, you know, I never played Skyrim. Uh, I so I've never played a game that had a world nearly this expansive. So that was a, a very new experience for me to be able to uh, have a game that was this this exploration based, great puzzles, um, fun combat. Overall, I just the the aesthetics of the game, the visuals, the music, everything to me, it is the complete package. And I know it's something that we've talked about in the past with the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. But this is a game that will have huge impact on developers moving forward on both, you know, let's say the children now, people that maybe this is their first Zelda they're playing. Maybe you're 10 years old and this is your first time playing a Zelda game. They're going to look at that the same way that we looked at games like Ocarina, Link to the Past and the original Legend of Zelda. They're going to have that those same extremely fond memories of this game. It's going to influence the way that they think about video games. That's how highly I think of this game. Um, so I think for me, it was a no brainer because I know that for me, let's go, let's jump 10 years in the future. I'm going to remember that year that the Nintendo switch came out and I'm going to remember sitting on my couch in handheld mode, uh, you know, under, under a couple blankets and just, you know, like just being immersed in that adventure and just the feeling of enjoyment I got from it. So for me, it's, you know, it's not, uh, it's not, I'm not 
pulling a hot pick out. I'm not, you know, grabbing something obscure. I'm going with the, you know, what maybe some people would consider the easy answer. But to me, it's an answer that I'm actually super passionate about. Yeah. No, I mean, there's a reason why it's winning awards. It's because there's a bunch of people that are passionate about it. So Dead Eye's pick is the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild for 2017 Game of the Year. Um, obviously, a very popular pick. And yeah, the game is, it has, is, is and will redefine gaming as we know it. It's, uh, it's it, a special game. And if, if you have a Switch and haven't played it, what are you doing? If, you, if your Wii U is collecting dust and you skipped it, hook your Wii U up. Buy the game. You will not be disappointed with that. All right. So 2017 brought us a lot of games. It, it's been an amazing year with, with a lot of new hardware that's been released, like you were talking about with the Switch and, and uh, Xbox One X and, and all sorts of stuff happening. So it's surprising to me that I act that I still sided this way. It won't surprise many people when they see what it is, but my game of the year is Metroid Samus Returns. Happy Metroid Friday, everybody. <sighs> But, uh, so I had to think about this one. Federation Force Friday! (laughs) When we decided to... (laughs) I didn't knock any of your bullshit games. So if you want shit the rest of this show, keep it up. Any of my bullshit games. Let me just... When it's the GOAT. Yeah, the GOAT. All right, so... (laughs) Can I have my moment now? Yeah, I thought... Here, let me help you, let me help you. There you go. All right, so... (laughs) Uh, you know, I thought this podcast was about sharing moments, not excluding people from moments. No, but you cool. just no, took cool. 21 minutes to talk about Legend of Zelda. Everyone knows about that game, man. Yeah, but maybe no one cares some about what don't. you think. That's true. That was that was actually horrible. Jazzy, is this J- Jazzy? Let's team up against Grim. He's no, that's fine. <laughs> I'm not picking on Jazzy today. No, Jazzy, bad. we need Jazzy to unite. Went full tilt yesterday. I feel bad about him. Now you're getting all the yeah. shit. No, because right out the gate, you gotta go shit on my game of the year. So I'm going to shit on every game you pick from here on out. I did not take any... Every game from here on out, you're getting shit on. I did not drop any fecal matter on your game. Yes, you did. Federation Force is fecal matter. I was trying to make a rhyme. I I mean, uh, not a rhyme, but a using We all know what you were trying to do. I wasn't trying to do anything. We all know. Talk about your game. No, I'm done. He's going full tilt. I'm done. I'm gonna give away every uh, every one of games, every one of Ethan's uh, games right now. His most disappointing. (laughs) Talk about Metroid. I love this game too. So if you're not gonna talk about it, I guess I will. Do you like Dead Space? I love Dead Space. I didn't play Dead Space. Jesse, did you play Dead Space like (laughs) ten years ago? (laughs) So Metroid: Samus Returns. Oh, he meant Dead Air. Nope, Dead Space. (laughs) I'll keep going, man. I don't know. Makes a good show. <laughs> <laughs> Metroid Samus Returns is my game of the year. And uh, it surprised me because it's a 3DS game. You know, it's, it's a system that I have not touched much since the Switch came out besides for this game. I uh, don't care much about Pokemon nowadays. I don't care about any of the other games that came out for this handheld system. But when this game came out, I bought a new system for it. I bought strategy guides for it. I picked up the amiibo packs for it. And I played through this game and I uh with in hundred percent of the game enjoyed it so much because it was one of the best like it was one of the best feelings to have Samus back in gaming and she and and have it feel great. Have it feel like how you imagine this character should should be. And then to the point where when I beat the game I Unlocked hard mode, unlocked fusion suit, booted it up, and just kept going and played and started my second playthrough instantly. And I can't pick another game this year that I did that. So that's why Samus Returns gets my pick because 
in all honesty, there's not another game that captured me like this game. And yes, Metroid obviously has an unfair advantage with games that I like, but we can look simply one year ago at Federation Force and see that you can release crap that has the name Metroid on it, and it won't hold my attention because it is indeed a horrible game. This game was great. It was a gr- it was one of those swan songs for uh, for that handheld ge- uh, generation of DS. I'm not you know there were, there are games after that, but for me that was that. This is probably the last cartridge I'm buying new for the 3DS, and uh, it made me happy. The way that that's a great way to go out. It was a great game. Had a lot of fun. the 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 level create the level design was great. The music was fantastic. the The bosses I thought were very unique, uh, some and, and difficult. Um, and yeah, if you if you're a Metroidvania fan and you haven't played this game. Even if you have a 2DS, it doesn't like the 3D is even is impressive on it. But like, just play the game; you're gonna enjoy it. It's it's fantastic. It was one of the few implementations where three you turning on the 3D made the game look better. Almost every other 3DS game, it just makes it look worse and run worse. Worse. And um, if you own part of any of the 3DS, you know, family, I, I I think you're doing yourself a disservice by not grabbing a copy of the game and playing it. It it really was a, a, a nice experience. I I actually completed it, which I almost never do with games. So I guess that says enough about it. All right, so we're looking at you, Jazzy. Play this damn game. Yeah, <sighs> if I had a three DS, maybe. Did you sell yours? Yeah. Oh. Well, Grim has eight, so. so he'll let you borrow one. Yeah. <laughs> you think so? I might have more than eight so. now. <laughs> I think so. <clears throat> I have too many. Um, Grim stole it. Okay, so that was th- those. Those are the games of the year. Now, now here's the thing: these topics are 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 picks, but we want to hear from you. So, Discord, go to gamezillamedia.com, click on that Discord button, uh, or scroll right down here and, and hit the di- the Discord button right on our Twitch page. Um, we we want you to jump into the Discord and talk about what your favorite game of the year. What you know, pay attention to these these categories and give us your answers in the Discord. We can keep this going because I'm curious. I want to see. You know, do we have any Persona Five Game of the Years out there? Do we have? You know, these are other games that were in the running for a lot of the big awards that really got swept under because you know the big end decided to wake up this year and and really just kick everyone's ass. So, um, put their giant nutsack on the table. Yeah, but there's not there's not a reason like those games still deserve to be there, and so I'm I'm interested to see you know the fan base that listens to the show and interacts with us regularly. What games do you put in these categories? Let us know in Discord. I think we'll all agree, like, here in this early part of the show, that 2017 was actually an excellent year for gaming, especially after 2016, which felt like the year of the delay. We're now looking back on 2017 going, man, we had a lot of really awesome games this year. 2017, I I look back as a special year in gaming. Like, I feel like it's one of those years that we'll remember for a long time because it did have such an impact on so many levels, from from the 3DS to the Nintendo Switch launching to Horizon Zero Dawn. Yep. Like, you, you, it just keeps going, you know? Each company um, had a major impact. You know? So with the Switch and then the Pro coming out for PlayStation and the X dropping for... The Pro was Microsoft. last year, technically, so... Was it? Yep. PSVR and the Pro both came out in 2016. Oh, yeah, real late. Real late, yep. That's right. So, only the X gets love this time. That's fine. That's right. DMX knows. It's all about the X. But you're right. I mean, that's a, that's a big impact for me. Is that I've I've been primarily playing Xbox these last uh, two months because of this new system that really has lived up to all the hype. Um, so, but uh, let's get into the second category. 
This one, we're going to shift gears here. We're going to talk most disappointing game of 2017. I don't think that worked, did it? What? Oh, I thought you pushed a button. I was waiting for Jazzy. Oh, well, yeah, we're going to start with Jazzy. Okay, most disappointing game. Hmm. Um, probably a game that, uh, you know, I put a shit ton of time into when it first came out on the first one, and then when the second one came out and everybody was going to be like, oh, it's so good, it was absolute trash for me, and that is Destiny 2. <laughs> I just couldn't get behind this game. Like, everybody was hyping it. Everybody kept trying to tell me like, oh well, here's the things that are gonna be different. Here's what they're trying to do. We have to give it. We have to give it. You know, it's it's effort and put put time into it because we played so much Destiny One, and I did. I bought it and I leveled my character up to the max level they could be. Never got them to the max light or power level they were because nothing felt different to me. The game, everything that. I didn't like in Destiny 1 that they got rid of in the DLCs was back in Destiny 2. So you had these crazy grinds. You had, like, a storyline that was interesting, but, you know, very straightforward. Like, here's what's going on. Okay, yep, there's a bad guy. Oh, wait, it's not a new bad guy. Oh, wait, this is a new game. It's it's supposed to be a different bad guy. Oh, yeah, it's supposed to be a different bad guy. It's a new game. Oh, no, it's the same four fucking, you know, people that you're trying to kill and... There's a, a different, you know, ahead of them, but there's the same ones. And it's just nothing was new. The, this game, to me, was a DLC, a poor DLC of Destiny 1. And that's why it was most disappointing to me, because when they first said Destiny 2 was coming out, I had this hype. I had all these thoughts in my head, like, oh, my gosh, what if they did a gun system like this? Or what if the PvP looked like this? Or What if we got a fourth uh, faction? Yeah, what if we got new new factions or, or a different or bad guy or race or, or something? Like, And everything was the exact opposite of what I wanted it to be in my head. So it just came out a huge flop for me. All right, so Destiny 2, biggest disappointment game for Jazzy Fiddle of 2017. We're going to shift on over to Deadite's pick. And Deadite, um, what was your least favorite game in 2017? Uh, Metroid Samus Returns. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. My least favorite game was Your Friendship. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. that's fire. No, let's, let's be honest. That's super fair. <laughs> super fair. My my friendship is trying and obnoxious. No, so my favorite my my disappointment of the year is not necessarily a disappointment of just this year. What is it? Three years in the making that led up to this disappointment, and it's Splatoon two. Because if we went back to the first E three that we covered as a podcast game company whatever whatever we were at the time back when we were bit by 8 bit you know we've evolved and we're gamezilla now but i remember you know we it was grim chops and i we we called in on skype every night to record and record our reactions to e3 and when it was all said and done, we did four shows in total when it's all said and done i picked splatoon to be my favorite game that was shown off at that year's e3 i was so excited about it. i just thought it was a really cool idea that nintendo was bringing to the table fast forward what was it four months later when the game came out grim bought it Loved it. Thought it was awesome. It was so good that Jazzy bought a Wii U. You bought an entire system that you knew 
wasn't a very successful system, mm-hmm. you, but you paid out 250 300 bucks, whatever it was, to play this game. So when Splatoon 2 was announced for Switch, a system I knew I was getting, I was like, finally, now's my time because my friends Jazzy and Grimm never invited me to play Splatoon at their houses with them. I never got to play it. So I knew Splatoon 2 was finally my chance to play. Not only that, we had a large gaming community here at GameZilla that was everyone was buying into Splatoon 2. If you had a Switch, you were buying a copy of Splatoon 2. We were going to have battles four and four. We were breaking the community off into groups of four. And people were, we had captains drafting different people that were going to play. We had alternates on each team. We had it all set up because we were ready to, to squad up and go to war in this game. A turf war, if you would. And then two, two and a half weeks later, it completely died off with us. There's a couple reasons for that. And the biggest is you can't queue up with your friends online. So if I see Jazzy on, I'm like, oh, cool, Jazzy on, let me join his game. Well, you know, one in every three games were actually playing side by side, and then the other two out of the three games were playing against each other. Not that we don't enjoy the competition, but if I want to hop on and play with Jazzy, I want to hop on and play with my friend and work with, work with him to meet our goals. No voice chat. No in, you know, internal voice check, so we had to take it to Discord. Shout out to the Motor City Gaming Discord. Get in it. Get on it. But we had to go those extra links to do that. And I think maybe this might be the most controversial thing I say the whole podcast, but the solo player experience wasn't good. It, like, it was really boring. I, I know that like at the time, people were like, oh, this is really fun. I haven't touched it since August. The game came out, what, the 22nd of July? I just haven't, I'm not drawn to get back into that solo player mode because I didn't find the puzzles that engaging. I didn't find the enemies that fun to fight. Yeah, I, it, the story mode wasn't good. Like, it wasn't like the first game. The first game, I enjoyed the campaign. Yeah. The, the, uh, Turf War is only so fun for so long, and then the, the rotating ranked, and I never made it to whatever challenge or pro level or what was competitive. I never, you know, even put enough time to get to those levels um, to do that. I, I liked I liked the drops. I liked the the new like guns that you unlocked, or however you know that you consider the way that worked out. I enjoyed getting to customize my little inkling, but the um, the mode that I had the most fun with was Salmon Run. I had a lot of fun when we played local Salmon Run when we had four people uh, at our work that all had Switch, we all had Splatoon, and we were playing four-person in the lunchroom. That was the most fun I had because that was the time I actually got to play with my friends. Yep. So, I, you know, I know it's that... lucky you were able to do that on the third Tuesday of every month um, <laughs> yeah, right? while you were local co-op with your friends because that's the only way you could play it. Because the, the, the locked content and stuff. Well, so, local, local you could play whenever you wanted. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. with your friends, yeah, you had but, to... But, I, but yeah, if you went online, you had to hope it was available. So Sp- Splatoon, the, 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 the guts, the, the frame, the whatever you want to consider of Splatoon 2 is excellent. The gameplay is well-tuned. It's fun to play. But just a carelessness of the ability to play with one another killed the game off for the Motor City Gaming GameZilla community. And for me, that came across as a big disappointment because I thought this would be a game that, you know, months after its launch, we were going to have a lot of fun uh, building our own little competitive community around. And it didn't happen because of Nintendo's choices for the game. Also, Splatfest, the first Splatfest I played the Ketchup versus mayonnaise was garbage. Hot garbage. It was garbage. It's so one-sided that yeah. you almost like 
have to like, oh, this is my favorite, but you have to think, what is everybody else going to pick? And then pick the opposite just so you can actually play against the opposite team. Yeah. I remember when we did Ketchup and Mayo, a majority of us picked Ketchup, and then I think we fought a Mayo team like once. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a big disappointment. I mean, it didn't live up to because right before that we were all playing, and we still do play Mario Kart. Mario Kart was yeah. was four player at work. It was the nerd barbecue, throwing a big screen and and having a tournament. So Splatoon was supposed to be that next game. It was actually supposed to kind of put Mario Kart on the shelf for a little while, and it just didn't because it didn't work the way it should have with the concept of what the Switch is. You you put up too many walls and blocked too many people in certain ways that just made it not desirable. It, it the game the way the online gameplay was set up the way the features were accessed was anti community building. Yeah, it which is illogical. Yeah. It's is, it's 2017, especially the for the, the type of game it is. Yeah, yeah. it's completely illogical. It's a shooter. Yeah, this, it's a multiplayer yeah. shooter. This is one of the only games I think I'll ever say this to, but I didn't want to play with my friends. Yeah. Not because I didn't want to play with my friends, but because the game just worked when I didn't want to play with my friends. And in okay, let's let's look at this for a second. If the new Call of Duty came out and it was like, "Listen, there's like this really cool feature. You can access it uh, one day every other week. Oh, you want to play with your friends? Not going to happen. You're just going to queue up in a room and hope you don't end up having to kill each other. Like that would destroy. And like the community would be so venomous against that change in the game. It's insane to me that Nintendo's like, we're going to stay our course and be Nintendo on this for a reason that killed their game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right, so Dead Eye Pick Splatoon 2 is the most disappointing game of 2017. Uh, I'm going to just come on out and not surprise anybody. I think everyone knows, again, where I'm going with this. That is Destiny 2 is my most disappointing game of 2017. This game... The Terrible 2s! This, yeah. <laughs> All three of our games are sequels to games we love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Destiny 1 wasn't all a love story. When Destiny 1 first came out, uh, we Chops and I fell in love with it. We burned through all the content in two weeks, and then we were like, whoa, where's where's the end game? Where's all the other stuff? And we it killed it. It killed the game. We left, and then they had to fix it with a huge DLC with a bunch of changes, almost revitalizing their game with the Taken King. And then so after the Taken King, everything started to kind of fit together. It was still a mess, but we forgave it because we were like, well, look what they they had to start with this giant mess that was Destiny 1 Vanilla, and look what they've done with it since. So we're, I got to give them a thumbs up for this, and I've put hundreds and hundreds of hours into it. Now let's move to Destiny 2. Destiny 2 comes out. The, 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 preview, the trailers that came out before, the E3 announcements, everything seemed, for me, made me more cautious. Made me worry more than get excited. And when Destiny 2 finally hit, after the alphas and everything like that, where we still weren't super satisfied, I, I still bought into it because it was Bungie, because it was Destiny 2. And I started to play, as everyone did. And I'm like, all right, this is cool. This is cool. And we burn through the content. And sure as hell, they, they, Bungie has repeated all their mistakes again. No in-game content. Re- refurbishing year one, you know, um, game one uh, content. 
not enough guns. Not oh oh, we're gonna take away a bunch of these mechanics like random rolls on guns and all this stuff. So now it's even less of a reason for me to go into Iron Banner and grind. It's like maybe I have a whole Iron Banner set. The only reason I'm playing Iron Banner at that point is to play Iron Banner. There's no chance of like getting a better roll on a gun, getting a better roll on anything. And so to me, this feels like a more hollow shell of what Destiny ever wanted to be than even Destiny 1. And that's where I'm like, how was this game in development during Destiny 1 being in its Taken King phase and its Rise of Iron phase and all and everything that came out after that big fix. And yet all of that is missing from this game. And now they're and then so here it is. The why why is it the most disappointing game to me? Because they haven't fixed it. Because they haven't listened and every change that Bungie made to Destiny 2 was for themselves in my opinion. It wasn't for the fan base. It wasn't for us gamers. So no one asked for 4v4. No one asked for no, for no to take the rolls out of guns. No, There was not this mass argument about these things. We want, you know, but when you deliver Destiny 2 and we don't have custom matchmaking, when you deliver De- Destiny 2 and we don't have enough guns to keep us occupied for gr- for, for the, the, the real concept of your game, spend hundreds of hours grinding shit because you want a shiny gun that's that's rare like that's really what it's all about and so when you don't have that and then your dlc drops a couple months after you release your game and what is the big selling point of your dlc a year one jade rabbit a jade rabbit gun that was in the first game that you didn't bring over because you had talked about how all this stuff got destroyed and how how you weren't going to be able to do to bring your stuff over but here we go regurgitating more shit because in all honesty, the only thing I can look back at your team and think now is that you're not creative. You don't know what to do. You brought in writers that, that can't that can't fix your story. You can't make enough content worth shit. So the DLC, you can beat the new story the new story content in about two hours, and that's it. And it's just for it's not enough. I'm tired of you just band-aiding everything. And then sit, and then jumping into the forums, jumping online, jumping over to IGN and saying, we're sorry, we're sorry, we're going to fix it. We're sorry, we're going to fix it. We're so- you know what? No. I'll come back when it's fixed. And that's it. I'm just but, done with Bungie. I do not believe in Bungie anymore. And not only that, but they're apolog- like every article is them apologizing right off the bat. And then not like telling you what they're going to do to fix it, but giving you some crazy ass time frame. Like, oh, sometime in 2018, we're going to fix this thing that we have to flip a switch for like and yeah. then not only that but then blaming it on the gamers like oh um no this was your fault you didn't know how it worked properly yeah we didn't we didn't really like explain how it worked properly but you you took it the wrong way yeah. and it's your fault like it's just they're and that awful ju- and that just happened and after that happened today i read an article that basically was talking about the dawning right they brought the dawning back and they brought Mayhem back, the the multiplayer mode. Yep. It's broken right now. The Warlock legitimately can go into Mayhem matches with their Void uh, subclass and continuously blast Nova Bombs. Who asked for the Mayhem mode to come back? No one. Of all the, all the things you could bring to Destiny 2, 
who was like, oh yeah. man, I really missed that super chaotic mode that you only played when it was like the daily playlist yeah. that gave you extra rewards. So here's the dawning that's only up for three weeks. You have 60 items that you can get in the dawning. They're like special gear, ghosts, skin, uh, armor, things like that, right? All cosmetic. You're, and you only get it from Eververse, right? So your bright engrams that you earn based off your XP once you're capped doesn't get you the holiday loot packs like, say, in Overwatch when, when there's something going on. Your loot packs are themed. You have a chance to get those skins just by playing the game. Not here. Here you have to do special things. What are one of the special things? Mayhem. What's broken right now? Mayhem. What did Bungie just say today? Oh, we're going to fix it sometime in 2018. The event is only three weeks long. Yeah, yeah we're going to so fix this in 18. You bet, like, right, you know, like, fix it fast because ha- part of your event is broken and it's also one way, only one of three ways to get your loot boxes to get your, without spending real money, to get your products. And now, mind you, you're only allowed to get three loot boxes a day. And it's only for an account. So you can't log into each character and do it. It's three boxes per day per account. So when you tally it up, and actually, I'm sorry, it might not be per day. I think actually it's per week because it resets every week. So it's per week. So you get nine loot boxes total. Nine loot boxes total, two items in it. So that's what, um, you know, 18. Out of of the the possibility to try to acquire everything that's available in the dawning without spending real money is, is... Impossible. It is actually impossible to do. That's yeah. pretty poor. But, Grimlock, this is all your fault. You should have known that this was going to happen, and you should have <laughs> started a warlock that only played the Void subclass uh, because you knew this was going to happen. Just saying, it's your fault. I mean, that's exactly what my my uh, warlock does, but I refuse to sign on and even play. So... Anyways, I, I'm not going to spend any more time on this. Bungie has let me down. Bungie used to be one of my favorite developers, and I've honestly lost hope in this company. I think I think they're lost. I think the downfall of Halo and the and the rough relationship they have with Microsoft is not as one sided as I once thought it was. I honestly believe this this team is imploding internally and cannot save themselves. And for us to sit here and spoon feed them and baby them and say it's okay just give me a just just fix it in a patch just fix it in dlc just give me what i wanted originally even though you didn't and keep giving them a pass is unacceptable and at this point i uh, i'm okay not playing destiny 2 for for until they prove the, prove me otherwise huge disappointment that was my that was supposed to be destiny 2 is supposed to be my game of the year it was it was supposed to easily be the game of the year for me <sighs> All right, so those are our disappointing games of 2017. You okay? You need to take a minute? No, we're good. Destiny okay. 2 with, with Jazzy Fiddle, Splatoon 2 with Deadeye, and Destiny 2 again with myself. Again, join the Discord. Let us know what biggest disappointment for 2017 was for you in video games. We're going to move right into the next category, which is most uh, the biggest surprise of 2017. A game that maybe you didn't think you were going to play, you you never heard of, you just gave it a shot and it blew your mind. Uh, we're going to start with Jazzy and <sighs> what, did, what did you pick for this? I don't want to spend too long on this game because I probably could. I was that amazed by this. But I never thought I would play this game. I never thought I'd buy it and I never thought I'd play through the whole thing. But Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Yeah, I did write a blog earlier in in the year when I played through this game saying some of the stuff that I thought was kind of glitchy or buggy, but the game itself is just 
unbelievable. Like they have taken the mental disability (laughs) (laughs) aspect and literally put it into a game that you play through. So you're basically playing this game as a character who has this mental disability that, that a lot of people don't understand or can't react to. So they're literally putting you in a situation that it's like, hey, some people live their lives like this. Here's an example. Play this game. And the game, the story was awesome. The the soundtrack to this game was awesome. The vocal abilities were, in the beginning of the game, they're like, hey, wear wear a headset because it's going to increase the experience. And there's like voices whispering. And you're there's like times I was like, turning my head and leaning over my shoulder because the whispers are just that good. I think somebody's behind me. And to put me in an experience like that and for only $30. It was a $30 game. And I got probably 8 to 10 hours of story mode gameplay out of it. The puzzles were great. The fighting, I I said, was a little bit lackluster, but I never thought I would have A, purchased this game or played straight through the full eight hours in like probably two, three sittings and absolutely loved it. Yeah. So good choice. Yeah. Good choice. Uh, we've heard a lot of good things about Hellblade. Cinema sacrifice. Um, and it even picked up some awards, uh, out of the video game awards. So, yeah. All right. Dead. I, my biggest surprise was how awful Destiny 2 was. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would fair. be, that's a good answer. Yeah, it's fair. A good I was answer. just shocked. Um, no. So, so, let me I'm going to wrap this up in a little bit of a package here. So, you know, we're looking back at 2017 and I'm sort of stepping out of like this isn't a game that is necessarily from 2017, but it represents uh, both a game that is new to me in 2017 and an experience for me in 2017. And my surprise game of the year was uh, Depth. Now, if you're not familiar with Depth, it is a, uh, a like a. An underwater shooter. It's a team-based shooter. You have four divers that are trying to escort a payload, basically, while two mutant killer sharks are trying to kill you. And those are play, you know, uh, controlled by other players online. And um, so the thing that's surprising about it, one, I had never heard of it until you guys started talking about PUBG. And then Grimm's like, Ethan, there's this game that you might like. That will get you to play a game on a computer. It's called Depth. It's you know you gotta survive as a diver and you're fighting sharks. It's like I'm anti fighting sharks, but I'm pro games with sharks. So sign me up. And it went on sale for the Steam Summer Sale for just five bucks. We all know I'm cheap, so I was like, now you now you got me. Oh, I'm cheap and it would run on my computer, which I hadn't had a Windows computer in like a decade. So this is my first opportunity to you know get into playing PC. But I was really hesitant because. You know, we know Jazzy, you know, is a league player, loves playing games on his PC. Grimm's uh, built several gaming PCs over the year. Like, you know, you two have excitement and passion on PC gaming. The last time I was into PC gaming, uh, I passionately talk about uh, Red Alert 2, Rollercoaster Tycoon, like <laughs> the late 90s games. That was the last time I was into computer gaming because, again, I switched to Apple, which isn't really a gaming machine. Um, and so my surprise, not only was did I really enjoy this game and have a lot of fun playing this game, but the, the key of the surprise was I ended up going, man, maybe like playing shooters and playing some PC based gaming is something I enjoy because I was really like, I don't I don't think that's really for me. And I ended up really enjoying the gameplay, the atmosphere of the game. But, you know, I got I hadn't used a mouse for a shooter since Tribes 3, which I bought for five dollars at a save a lot. <laughs> 
<laughs> Again, I'd been out of it for a while, but I used to love playing Wolfenstein and Doom with the mouse. That used to be the definitive way I played shooters, and I got away from that. And this brought me back into it, and it, to the point where I uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to grab another free game and try it. Uh, so I downloaded Brink, uh, and then I realized, nope, it was depth I like, not just PC gaming, because I thought I could get into another one. Brink is a hot pile of garbage, as we all know on the show, and if you're a fan of the show, don't play that. It will kill you. Literally, you will die. It's not figuratively I am a zombie now. But so my surprise of the year, Depth was a game that turned me on to being open to PC gaming. So again, it's a little bit of a, a cheat step because it's not a new game, it's not on a new platform, but it was new to me this year and it gave me a new experience. There you go. Yeah. And it was fun. We we had some fun with it. All right, uh, my surprise game would be uh, everybody was huge into PUBG, and I played it uh, with with the group here on PC. And I just for me, like uh, you know, Jazzy got a chicken dinner, and and Rick got a chicken dinner, and like I just for me, like I never felt like a I could even see anybody on the screen. B I could find loot. Like I just was like I don't know if I actually like this game. Like I like the idea of us like jumping you know out of an airplane together and trying to survive like I, I any cooperative game at that point I'm in but this game like do I really like this game do I really like battle royale the style right and so you know we we kind of took a break from it and something happened with uh, epic epic decided to release its own battle royale based off of its game that it released earlier Fortnite and I um at first, I thought this was stupid. I didn't. I, I looked at it. I go, "Hey, it's just it's a it's a PUBG clone. It's gonna it's it's possibly in trouble legally with with what's happening here." And overall, I watched like people building, and I was like, "This is dumb. Like, just shoot each other. Like, building. This is this is ridiculous." And then I started. I tried it right because it's free. So this was. I think right now it's it's one of the best games out. And it's free. So, like, you can't go wrong. You can play on the PS4, the Xbox, the PC. I highly recommend it. But I started to play it, and I was terribly terrible. But the thing I noticed was, hey, I can find loot pretty easy. Hey, I like this map. It's a little bit smaller. Hey, the art style is fun. And people in the distance seem... It seems easier for me to spot stuff, right? It's not, a, you know, you don't have people laying prone in tall grass for 45 minutes to get one kill and win. Like, it just, that's not what's happening a ton here, a ton in Fortnite. And so I played more and I watched more streams and I got to in game, right? I got to that point where people are building towers and fortresses and just duking it out in the last like two, three minutes of it with just rockets and grenades and just chaos. And I'm like, wow. This is ins this is insane. Like this is so cool, and it got me into playing it more and trying to learn how to build. Because for the long longest time, I was like, "Screw it, I'll let everybody else build and I'll just shoot," you know. And then now it's like I like building. I like trying to give myself an advantage either by getting myself higher than somebody or building that wall with a ramp so I can peek my head over and snipe. And um, it's unique. It gives that it gives this battle royale game its own feel because it's something that the other ones don't have. Um, so yeah, I think Fortnite, it's a lot of fun. It's easy to pick up. It's easy to pick up, play a couple rounds, go on with your day. So, you know, not, not a huge like inv time investment into it. Um, so yeah, that's my biggest surprise for 2017 is, is Fortnite. The amount of, uh, time I've put into Fortnite and now officially 
um, investing into Fortnite and putting money into it because I because I I can officially say I will play play Fortnite for the foreseeable future. So I'm going to give you some money. It's a sign of a good game using microtransactions appropriately. If yeah, you 100%. are if you're enjoying a game and you think to yourself, I would like to give this game money, A, to support it and its community, and B, I'm going to get something good out of it, not, oh, I need, I feel like I need to play money so I f- can be competitive. So yeah. that's yeah. that's cool. That's exactly. cool. I think the big thing for Fortnite, too, is it was console base and PC right off the gate. Yeah. It was the controller in hand, PUBG, that we were like, PUBG was just mouse and keyboard. It was just on Steam. And it was like, well, you oh could man, run, was, you, you could, could run, run a controller, controller through, but it, right? But it, it wasn't app, yeah, right. right? So we were always like, man, I wonder what this would feel like with a controller in our hand. And then Fortnite gave that to you on yeah. all the platforms. It's not so. so like I know a lot of games. Like I can I can take a 360 or a Xbox One controller or even a DualShock Four controller, and I could plug it to a computer and use it, right? Like you, we can do that, but. In all honesty, everybody at this table is primarily a console gamer over over anything else, and so it's 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 the mixture of having a well designed controller that is directly tied to a well designed console. It's not necessarily me taking my controller to a PC and plugging it in and being like, "All right, cool, now I want to play PUBG." That wasn't it. I wanted to play PUBG when it came to Xbox. That's that's basically it, and I did. And unfortunately, Fortnite. Won me over before PUBG could get out. That's what happened. And and literally when PUBG launched, Fortnite made themselves better with a limited with their first limited time mode, with their season two battle pass, with all this stuff that they dropped. They just they they did it in an intelligent way. And so nothing against PUBG. A lot of people love the game and and people are playing it on Xbox. But Fortnite really just yeah, you're right. They they want it over. The control schemes are great, and it feels good on the console. That's the difference. Is mm-hmm. that PUBG right now feels awkward on the Xbox because every button has two assignments. Ooh. You tap this button or you hold this button. You tap yep. this button or you hold this button. You pull the trigger once or you pull the trigger twice, and you get different results. And it's like it works, but to get used to it is weird. And that's and where Fortnite I picked up and I just went. It just it just felt like any yeah. other game. So. Yeah. All right. So that's our topic for biggest surprise of the year. We're going to move into the our our regret the the game we regret missing in 2017. A lot of games came out. A lot of time needed to play all those games. So it's very easy that that we can sit back and say there's some gems. There's some special games out there that didn't get the attention, and we wish we had given it to them. So start with Jazzy Fiddle. Biggest regret of 2017, uh, what you got? For me, it is a regret because I went to the store. I had this game in my hand on two occasions and just never pulled the trigger. Watched people play it, watched streamers play it, and like just thought the game looked super interesting. Like I said, never never really pulled the trigger on it was uh, Neo. This game had rave reviews coming out. The gameplay looked awesome, and I think the thing that really drove me to like grabbing it and picking it up in the store and putting it in my hands is people said it was difficult. It wasn't a pick it up, hack and slash, and you could just butcher your way through a story mode of a game and you're done. It was like difficult. You had to be smart about the way you attacked. You had to be smart about when to attack and when to retreat, and... Everything about this game just looks so cool. The setting, the fact that he's got this huge claymore for his weapon, and like 
I love that like medieval style and like genre and it just was super interesting to me. I never bid on it and like looking back at 2017 now I was like, yeah, there was a lot of great games and I had a lot of fun with everything I did play. This was a miss for me. Yeah. This I should have picked up and I should have played through. All right. So Neo for Jazzy Fiddle. Did I, what was your biggest regret of 2017? So Buying Destiny 2. <laughs> yeah, but yeah you know, getting, getting back on point, <laughs> buying Destiny 2 was, uh, it was a real uh, big regret. So real big miss. So for me, timing is important. If a game comes out too close to another game that I want to play, I have to pick between the two. And unfortunately, a game that I know both of you love was Victim, and it's Horizon Zero Dawn. I, you know, I, I jokingly will be super disrespectful to games that you guys like just to kind of be a dick because it's fun for me because uh, I'm a bad oh, person. I know, I know. Uh, but I couldn't do that with Horizon Zero Dawn. Where, okay, you guys really enjoyed Final Fantasy. I couldn't care any less about Final Fantasy 15, and I'm fine expressing that. That wasn't the case here with Horizon, and there's been part of me that's been sad ever since this game came out, or even leading up to it, because I couldn't buy into the hype of the game, because I can't remember the exact release date, but wasn't it a week to two weeks before Breath of the Wild came out? It was, yeah. It was right in that time window. Mm -hmm. So you guys were like geeked up, and you guys were so motivated. You were both like, okay, we're going to tear through Horizon Zero Dawn. We're just going to shotgun this game and get it done before the Switch comes out. And I looked at like my my week, my like week or two weeks or whatever it was. I go, there's no way I can justify sixty dollars when I know I'm literally going to drop this game like a bad habit as soon as the switch comes out. That's all I'm going to be playing. So I passed on it at the time. And I remember, you know, at that time I was like, okay, come Black Friday, it's going to be cheap. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it on Black Friday and I'm gonna put the time in then. Well, I didn't realize uh, before I started Breath of the Wild that. I still was going to be 75 hours into that game and not even near complete with it. So Horizon didn't get purchased by me even in this season. And now I'm looking forward into 2018 going, there's no way I'm going to have time for it. And that's something that really bums me out, that I will probably never have time for this game that has fun gameplay, uh, an engaging story, and a huge immersive world full of fun creatures to take down these robotic dinosaurs it checks a lot of the boxes that i want in a video game and i know that this is one that i'm probably never going to have the time to experience and that's a huge regret for me yeah absolutely i uh i get the so i kind of agree with this one and I've, I've actually considered doing a fresh run of this game uh on stream because i never finished it I got distracted. I got pulled away because of the because of what you talked about, and never actually completed it, and then never moved into the DLC. So I oh, have that. Need to. I have that remainder, but at the same time, it's been so long. We've talked about this where you you're away from a game so long that me coming back to it, it almost makes sense to just start over, and just start fresh and go through. Um, it's also hard to do that when you know you're ninety percent through a game, um, but. I, so I totally understand that one. It is a great game, and my pick is the same game that caused you to not play this game, and that is Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, I did buy this game. I bought this game right with my Switch, like, every, like most people did at launch. And I did play it, and I thought it was cool, and I thought it was special, and it actually was the reason, like I said, 
that I didn't finish Horizon because once I got used to the open world and the ability to climb any rock and really like there are no invisible walls. There's so and if they are, they're hard to find. And then I'd go I went right back to Horizon Zero Dawn and it's it's a different game, you know, but it's that concept that it, it, Horizon Zero Dawn's trying to be an open world, but it's not. It is actually a linear story with like little branches that you can just kind of mm-hmm. climb out on. And it kind of took me out of the game. It, 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 I don't want to say it ruined Horizon because I know I can get back to Horizon, but at the time, it 100% ruined Horizon for me. Where I was like, why can't I do this? I can do it in this Zelda game that I'm holding in my hands. Why can't the PS4 Pro do it? You know, like, so, um, but for some, what happens with Zelda games, and this happened in the past with Wind Waker, is one that always stuck with me, is that when a lot of people play it around me, friends and family and whatever, um, and I I get behind and I start to see things on other people's games or, t- or talk about things that, that I haven't witnessed yet, I, I like slow down and eventually just stop and I go play something else. And so I don't know what, what it was about the Zelda because I was enjoying it, but I just didn't feel the need to pick my controller up and and travel this adventure for myself because there were so many people around me that were, and I was enjoying just listening to it. Because Brick Bitch loved the game oh, yeah. and put a ton of time in, and you know when you're gaming side by side with her, yeah. uh, the she'll breeze right through things and, because she's a machine when it comes to large games, RPG games. She attacks them and she plays them well. Yeah. So I imagine. So you saw a lot of what was going, what was laying ahead for you as she played. Yeah. So that like that drive of what's going to happen next is gone, and. You know, so it's a regret that I didn't put the time into this game that at the same, it's a regret that I didn't play this game, but at the same time I can sit here and, and understand why it's so special. And so that's why for me is like, it's a game I definitely want to go back on and put some more time into eventually because I, I want to further experience w- what Breath of the Wild uh, is delivering to millions. So. I think this game for you, too, was just the fact that we consider ourselves like gamers or more hardcore gamers in the fact that most people are like, oh, we got this new system in the Switch. I could play Zelda in handheld mode, and they put it in their handheld mode, and then they put it in the dock, and they just go and play. Whereas that's your your everyday gamer, your general gamer, to and stuff like that. Not a lot of people like take time out to relish and like dig into the system itself. Whereas the hardcore gamers do. They're like, okay, what can this system do? Let's push the limits. Let's see how this works. Let's see how it feels with this controller, with this controller. And you you end up finding out that you're doing more actually like system checking than you are gaming on the system sometimes. I think the big thing for the Switch when it came out with Zelda was that I did pick up Bomberman and I did pick, I pick up multiple games and right out the gate we were on an airplane playing Bomberman with complete strangers and then like and before we knew it we had Mario Kart and so for me it was like I enjoyed the Switch with other people and Zelda and, and I did enjoy talking to people about Zelda to about, about Zelda it was fun to you know come to work and and have Dead I explain a part of the game that I had also done but then when he told me how he did it, it was a completely different way than I did it. And I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. I didn't think about completing it that way. This game brought in the shared experience that you had on the playground. Yeah. You know, to go in and, uh, you know, 
talked to our, our our boy Crazy Uncle Braden, who was also super into the game, and, and hear those different stories. You were telling stories of things you experienced because the game was so big. Yeah. And that was a really cool thing. That I'm I'm glad that you at least played enough of the game to be able to share that experience. Yeah, like that was special. But at the same time, what was more special to me about this about this hardware that came out, about this device that we needed to be successful to, you know, for what we believed as. Uh, make or break for Nintendo was was the fact that how easy and fun it was to hand someone a Joy-Con, sit down, play Bomberman, you know, and and do these other things than than Zelda was. And so for me, I almost kind of for the first like couple months, I was like a spokesman for the Switch. Someone be like, "Oh, is that the new Nintendo Wii system?" And I'd be like, "It's a Nintendo Switch. Sit down. Here's the Joy-Con. Let me show you all the cool stuff you could do." Like. I was almost more like, I want to show you features, like you said. Mm-hmm. I want to show you why it's neat, why it's different. So that you'll go out and buy one for your kid, or you'll buy one for yourself, or you'll buy, right? And, mm-hmm. and because of that, my company, my Nintendo, will still be around. Well, right. <laughs> where, where I was like, right. leave me alone, I got a princess to save. Right, right, yeah. He's over there in the corner like, don't look at my I got, shit. I got <laughs> memories to find. I have a calamity to destroy. But nonetheless, Zelda very special. But I've found myself, uh, you know, Mario Odyssey, uh, Breath of the Wild, the, um, Xenoblade Chronicles Two. All these games I own, all of them only scratched the surface and stopped. But games I've thoroughly enjoyed on the system: Blaster Master Zero, Cave Story, um, Bomberman, Mario Kart. Like putting a lot of time into indie, and then multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And and I think the problem is is that like. It goes to work with me. It's a lunchtime machine. I want in. I want. I don't want us to sit silently like we could do that with a cell phone. or sit silently and play video games. You for know? the love of God, we played NBA Playgrounds for like a week straight. That game is awful. Yeah, and we enjoyed <laughs> it because we were playing together on our lunch break. Yeah, yeah. Rocket League. You know, like there's just a lot of fun on there. Um, and then a lot of the local co-op with the indie stuff, uh, Tiny Barbarian and stuff like that that we've that we've messed around with. It's just it's it's fun and it's easy and it's unique and that's that's what why the switch is special to me, and I think it's also one reason why Zelda didn't get the time it deserved. All right, so that was that. Uh, our that was the regret for 2017. Now we have best indie game of 2017. This one uh, we're gonna start with Jazzy as well. And um, would you pick? Along the lines of Deadite did with his uh, surprise in depth, it's not a game that was released in 2017, but it came to me in 2017 and technically was released for the Nintendo Switch in 2017 because that's when the Switch was released. Shovel Knight. I have heard so many people talk about this game. You have to play it. It's so much fun. One of the best platformers I've ever played. And... I'm not a big platform guy. I'm just not. Like, the 2D side-scrolling platform for me is, like, I'm more of, like, the the shooter or the RPG or the get out there and, you know, solve the puzzle or... I'm not a huge platformer. Like, not that I don't enjoy, you know, one here and there. It's just I'm not, like, oh, I got to play every 2D platformer and I'm going to, you know, become a master at platforming and start speedrunning and doing all this stuff. I bought this. Downloaded in the airport on the way to a convention because I wanted something to do. Wasn't super happy with everything that I got for my Switch right at the launch. So I put it on my Switch and I start to play this game. Before you knew it, 
I beat it before we got back from a convention. It was just so much fun to me. I think it, the fact that it's a knight, and instead of him having a sword and a shield, he's got a shovel. And you could use that shovel in, like, these crazy ways to, like, bounce off of people and deflect stuff and, you know, dig and slash through these little tunnels and just very unique in the way that he goes about actually defeating bosses and completing these levels that kind of took the 2D platformer out of it for me. Because I'm like, okay, how am I going to pass this part versus, oh, I got to jump to that that thing. How am I going to do it? Because you're, like, trying to figure out where to go. Not just, oh, that's where I got to go. How do I get there? Yeah. Um, this was a game. So we both picked up a game when we went to the convention, and we both finished that game before we got home. And that was just because the Switch was brand new. We wanted to play something on it, and, and you found that game in Shovel Knight that just you know spoke to you. Yeah, I mean, any free moment that you had, you were that we weren't at, we weren't actually like working the convention or or recording something. You were playing Shovel Knight. Yeah, so 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 Shovel Knight to me is a game that I haven't played, and you know we have many members of our community say like, oh, you gotta play Shovel Knight. People like maybe Chops, the Glitch, Xander, guys that are like platformer, old school platformer dudes. Now we know I enjoy an old school platformer, but. I'm not very good at them, but I will say that Jazzy's excitement around this game has reinvigorated my desire to play it. Mm-hmm. Because I remember, you know, when you hurt my feelings greatly by lying to me saying you didn't buy a Switch and you bought a Switch. <laughs> I remember <laughs> the excitement of you playing this game, and I was like, man, Jazzy's playing it? Yeah. Now it makes me want to play it again because you were having so much fun. And again, it is a little bit of a step outside of what you normally play. And I want to say, for me, a lot of the times, a challenging platformer would be a little bit of a step out of what I would normally play. So, And I'll tell you this as well, and a huge pushing point as to like why I want you to play Shovel Knight on your Switch. Mm-hmm. I know you're a big music guy. The music track yeah. to this game is phenomenal. Some of the best. To Some the, the best. point where I download it and listen to it in my car. And I don't do that for like every game. Yeah. this The soundtrack's wonderful. It's, it's definitely on my... Uh, really high in my list of games I need to play uh, for Switch. I would say my my top three right now are I need to play Shovel Knight. Uh, I want to play Stardew, and uh, after playing some End is Nigh with Grimm on uh, Monday when we did our, our regular recording of GameZilla, I was like, man, I need to play this game too. So, yeah. But all together, I could buy all three of those for less than it would cost me to buy a AAA title. Yeah, for less than Destiny 2. Yeah. Well, not anymore, Oof. but Oof. but normally. Oof. Normal retail value. All right. So is it is it is it my turn? Yeah, it's Dead Ice's turn. Oh, we'll think about it. Well, let me cue things up. 2017 was a fantastic game for the Dead a fantastic year for the Deadite and indie gaming. My indie game of 2017 is the greatest independent video game of all time. Hit me with the graphic, Grimlock. It is. Disc Jam! <laughs> it was free on PlayStation Plus. It is a fantastic, disc throwing, futuristic sports experience matched by none other. Except for Windjammers. I've never played Windjammers. It's probably trash compared to Disc Jam. <laughs> but no, I, I like Disc Jam, but uh, <laughs> okay. I've had fun with Disc Jam, but no, it was not my favorite independent game this year and how'd you get this slide in here how'd you even, how'd you do that well you know grim while you've been away 
my IT skills have been advancing mm. far beyond your, you, you underestimate my power. Gotcha. With your arrogance. <laughs> Gotcha. You're like Obi-Wan and I'm Anakin, okay? I've grown far more powerful than you. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, so I'm, I feel like I'm actually cheating when you think about, you know, what I'm going to say is actually my favorite independent game of the year. It's because it is independent developed. It was made by independent developers, but published by what once was one of the largest and greatest game publishers in the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm cheating a little bit, but Sonic Mania. We're calling it an indie game because it was made by people that yeah. were essentially Sonic modders who Sega's like, okay, fine, make make the game. So yeah. it was an independent team that was brought under the you know the umbrella of Sega to create Sonic Mania. And I, I like Sonic games, but they were always second or even third fiddle, pun intended. Uh, to to games like Mario, to games like Donkey Kong Country back in the day. So Sonic to me, I you know was always like, oh, I like Sonic, I play Sonic, but I was never really really in with Sonic. And then this game came along, and I, I played it all the way through. I didn't do all the collectibles because I'm not a completionist per se. But I did a full run of Sonic, and there were times the challenges were so frustrating. But when I got past them, the reward was so good. The nostalgia factor was through the roof. The you know, if anything, I could say this was my number one nostalgia experience of the year, even beating out the nostalgia of getting into a 2d metroid game but you know you know the music the visuals the the gameplay everything it felt like it felt like classic sonic brought up to the perfection that you think it would have achieved over its 30 year life you'd expect sonic to be at this point it just took uh you know 15 years of complete garbage sonic to give us the the game that us you know old school Sonic fans do deserve, and it it makes my list of a notable game that was a great experience for me, and I really appreciate it. And I think all of you guys yeah. did. Too. And tell oh, me yeah. you didn't Absolutely. shut the app down and then rescue it just so you could hear <laughs> Sega. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I loved it. That was great. <laughs> yep. Now they did a great job with the game. I played it a lot and had had a enjoyed it a ton. So uh, and even the. Uh, the speed race, you know, the speed run. Yeah, we had a ton of fun doing that. Race mm-hmm. each other, like Twitch. yeah, that, that that was fun too. So, um, great choice, absolutely. Uh, my pick. You mean Disc Jam? It was a great choice. No, that was that, that was, was not awful. a good choice. The goat. My pick for <laughs> best indie game of 2017 goes to another. This this is my turn to sit there and say, well, technically this game's been out multiple times, but. This version for the Nintendo Switch released in 2017, and it was my first time ever playing the game. Cave Story Plus. Cave Story uh, is, we've heard about it, right? I've heard about it um, because of Xander, because of other people. And it, I never really even thought about it until I was like, oh, it's coming out on the Switch. Oh, they're making a physical release of it. I'll grab it, you know, whatever. It seems it seems interesting. When there weren't a lot of physical cartridges to buy. Yeah. And, a lot, and the couple that you didn't own were garbage. Correct. And so I picked this game up and I, and I started playing it and instantly I go, well, first of all, this is a Metroidvania, you know, style game. I, I'm in, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, okay. And then the character and the story and the music and everything about it was awesome. And I'm like playing through it and I first thing I do is I reach out to Xander because I'm you know he was the first person to be like hey have you ever played this game and I'm like never heard of it and I'm like man this this and this he goes oh well did you do did you did you make these decisions and I was like yeah why 
Like, I didn't think it was a decision. It's just like, you know, I drop the gun, I pick it up, and I move on. It's like, well, right, but if you leave the gun, then something happens later. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I literally, like, went through the game, beat it. And he's like, right, but did you beat it where you opened up the rest of the game? And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, if you do this, this, and this, when you beat that final boss... There's a whole other level that opens. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, I played this game. I think I beat this game in, in the time frame that I played it this year four times. Because I want, like, I was like, well, hell, I want to get the best gun. And I want to get this ability. And I want to get down into this different, this different level that doesn't unlock unless I do certain things. So the gameplay is just never ending. Like, it's so much fun. So, so you bring that up, and a couple. I have a couple things to add from my observations of your experience. One, not an hour ago in this show, you said that well, Metroid was like the only game this year that motivated me to go back and play multiple yeah. times. No, you were so into Cave Story, yeah. Because like it, because again, similar gameplay, but your excitement around it was actually super similar from an uh, from someone observing how much you enjoy Metroid. Like this game was like right there for you this year. But I remember how hard it was to pull you away cuz you're like no i need to get i need i need to play it again to get this ending you did play it four times i'm like i'm like grim play some mario kart with me like let, let, like let's play together you're like nope got to get this like, ending fuck your mario kart yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm i'm doing another i'm doing a speed run this time got to get my ending i'm like oh okay so you know uh it was cool to see you that enthusiastic about an indie game cuz it, it takes a lot to go through and play replay a game again yeah absolutely and this game is, uh, if you have never played Cave Story, I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, it's available in many different forms, but the Cave Story Plus on the Nintendo Switch, a lot of fun. And, you know, um, I'd say play through it once, like your own experience, make the decisions the way you're going to make them, and then study up on what, uh, what you can do and, and uh, go back and play it again. Because that's, that's what's super interesting about this game that, like, I hadn't experienced in this type of game before i'm not saying like obviously we've played games where like you can be good or bad based off of your decisions you made and in infamous or whatever right like i get that but this was like a 2d platforming metroid game like in metroid i run as samus i find power-ups i kill shit and i and, and i get off the planet like that's you know that's the concept i just love i love the world i love the characters so if it works for me this was like that with some extra mechanics to it that I thought were just that much like that much cooler of like a evolution of the game type. So definitely my favorite uh, indie game of the year. All right, so we've come up on our last category. It's a big one. It's Ooh, a doozy. Favorite puzzle game of the year. That's it, man. Favorite porno of the year. Ooh. Porno video game though. All of the Overwatch stuff. <laughs> yeah. Custard's last stand. <laughs> <laughs> no, our last topic is most anticipated video game for 2018. It's Ooh. our one topic where we're going to look forward instead of back, and we're going to pick the game that we are looking most forward to, starting with Jazzy Fiddle. Take it away, sir. <sighs> this was very difficult for me because there's so many great games that are coming out in 2018 as well. Just, as well. You, you took Just Dance 2018, didn't you? Uh, what? We'll get there. I said that we'll was my game. We'll get there. You can take Dance Dance 2018. Cool. And I'll take 
Super Dance Dance remix. Uh, <laughs> Ultra just, Mega. Just Dance <laughs> 2018. I, actually, I want Skylanders 2018. The, yeah. Good, good luck. <sighs> it really came down to two that I think I'm most excited for. Um, hit him with the clip, Grimlock. Show the people. God of War 4. It was between this and Shadow of the Colossus. I never got to play Shadow of the Colossus back in the day, so I was super interested in this game. And I was like, man, that that it got to be my most anticipated game in 2018. I really want to play this game because I missed out on it back in the day. But I didn't miss out on any of the God of Wars, and I love that series. And I know that we're like, a little skeptical of how it's going to go because things look a little different from what we know God of War to be. But just Kratos has always been a super fascinating character to me. Like, I love his concept. I love his the art style to him. I love the just chaotic, like, ruggedness. Like, you, you feel powerful playing Kratos. And I'm excited to see what God of War 4 is going to give me because I think... For some people, it looks like they're going to head away from that hack and slash a little bit and more into like an RPG storytelling element where we don't really know what's going on with this little boy that you're following after or he's following after you and what can you do? Are they going to make it a little more open world or not? And um, after playing Horizon Zero Dawn and being my game of 2017, if they went that way with God of War 4, I don't think I'm going to be too opposed to it so i'm excited to see what they're going to do with it and super excited to get my hands on this game all right so god of war 4 for jazzy fiddle most anticipated game of 2018 sliding on over the deadite what was your pick for most anticipated game of 2018 look out here comes a spider-man uh i this is the most excited I've been for a video game in an entire year since he's, he's since got a full on boner under the table. I though. might be more excited in this state uh, for for Spider Man for the PlayStation Four. I think it surpasses my excitement for Breath of the Wild. I uh, looking at this. This is just an image with a picture of Spider Man. It says Spider Man. It says PlayStation Four has the Spider Man logo. I literally get like a tingling feeling in my body. Like my face goes numb. I get so excited. We watched the that trailer. Might be a medical condition. Yeah, it might be. I I don't know. I might be having a stroke. I, I like the blood rushes to every Everywhere. part of my body, specifically Everywhere. the genital area, uh, because of this game. I, one of my favorite games on the original PlayStation was that Spider-Man game on PlayStation. It was such a good experience getting to you know swing from the buildings, you know, despite it being through a foggy, uh, foggy New York City, and you fought all your villains on the rooftops and in these awful-looking office buildings. But it, at the time, it was awesome, and I I believe so strongly in my heart that this game is going to be everything you could want as a Spider-Man fan and more. The gameplay is going to be fun. It's visually beautiful. Maybe I'll have to light my PlayStation on fire just so I can get a pro, <laughs> uh, just so I can really, you know, and, and a new TV, I'll just burn it all down. <laughs> but um, my hype for this game is absurd, and if it doesn't live up to the hype, I'm going to kill myself. That's uh, <laughs> Oh my god. It's, the, it's oh, that. Don't you know, say that. Yeah, just, we love you. No, you, That's not true. It's not true. No, yeah, not neither of you, <laughs> neither of you care one bit about me, but I care more about Spider-Man. So yeah, I, I'm super, super excited for yeah. this game. Spider-Man looks really cool. Insomniac has, has done nothing but great things 
Um, so it's got it's got the team uh, on board to to really make this special. I agree. Good pick, good pick. But I think uh, I think we both agreed we have like a runner up, right? We, we have a solid yeah. runner up. It's uh, does your <sighs> soul burn? Well, my face does when I look at Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, back up. Back up anticipated game of the year. Give it to me. Man, Soul Caliber. What is it? Six? six. Is the sixth one they're officially six. calling it that? So it's the rebirth of Soul Caliber, really. Man, we you know, both you and I are big fans of the Soul Caliber series. Uh, you know, we both enjoy fighting games quite a bit. You know, I didn't I haven't bought into Street Fighter Five or really Injustice Two or even Tekken Seven, one of my you know side regrets of the year and games I missed out on, didn't play Tekken Seven, but I didn't put it as my regret of the year because I know I'm going to eventually. I'm not gonna let that be the situation here with Soul Caliber Six. I know you and I are, are gonna be day one full price uh purchasers yep. of this. And uh you know Okay, even admittedly, this could be maybe the first time I buy a collector's edition of a game. Depending on what they offer, specifically, give me a Valdo statue, my dude. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's going to be great. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a good runner-up for anticipated game, but it cannot hold up to my most anticipated game of 2018. And that is simply because I no longer believe Bungie can deliver what we want. And there is somebody that is that is teasing us with the potential of if Bungie's not going to do it, if no one else is going to do it, then maybe some, maybe we will. Side note: My actual most anticipated game of 2018 is when they finish Destiny 2. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, gotta keep that going. Yeah, 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 you could literally answer that for every yeah. every category. Anthem is the game that I cannot wait for. BioWare has done some amazing things, and if they put the right people on this, I can can only imagine the potential that this game has. But what we saw at E3 was the most promising gameplay of anything that I've seen in quite a long time. And, you know, they basically gave us a 2018 window, so we're going to go into this year and expect to get just some bomb drops, I think. I think E3 will be that time of year where we get a date. We get an official hardcore date. Anthem's coming. Here's, here's, you know, here's all the specs. Here's all the, the details. And, I mean, from what we've seen already, pfft, I'm, I'm ready. I'm on board. It looks awesome. And... You know, we need this. We, I, I, these are the type, like, I want that multiplayer RPG shooter hybrid, you know, because we're not getting, you know, is there, is the new Borderlands coming out next year? Don't know because they have, because we thought we were going to hear something and then we didn't. But like, and, and we don't have Destiny because in its current case state, it's, it's a mess. Star Wars Battlefront is kind of a mess. Overwatch super strong still, but but it's still not. It's just a pay- just shooter. Both of those just are just shooters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you want that that hybrid, where is it? It's Anthem. Anthem's going to be the answer. I believe in. I believe in Bioware. I know. I know. There's been hits and misses with them with Mass Effect, but I look at Bioware and I look at Knights of the Old Republic. I look at. I look at a lot of the things that they've done. I look at the 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 Old Republic. Their MMO. Where, yes, it had their problems, but it's still running. It's still it's still doing a great job now, and they and they've fixed and they've added to it and they fixed it. So for me, it's like, 
these, this team, this group, has made MMOs. They've made massive space shooters. They've made, like, when you think about their track record, to pull those concepts together into this hybrid that is Anthem seems like the perfect fit. It just seems like this is the team that could that could finally hit the grand slam, that could finally deliver what nobody else has been able to deliver. Yeah. And I'm pumped for it. I'm so glad we're closing the show out in this game because I'm so pumped for this game as well. And the fact of the matter is, is when we watched this, this was pre-release of Destiny 2. So we watched this and we were like, oh my God, this like, we're, we don't even want to think about Destiny 2 now because this game has, has taken the cake. Destiny 2, no more. And then really, if you think about it, everything that this game has kind of like shown us so far is what we wanted out of Destiny 2. And Bungie has literally just shit in our hands and then placed the ball on the tee for this game. Yeah. Like, if this game doesn't do well, it's because the world imploded or something. <laughs> because literally, yeah. these guys have no one in front of them and just yeah. nothing but great things. Yeah, everyone has tripped and is on the ground with their knees bleeding. And this guy, and Anthem is coming up from from the back, ready to just become the new leader. They're ready. They're ready to take take the reins from everybody else and show the world what Anthem really is. And I'm ready. I want it. For every Destiny 2 DLC pack that I don't buy, I'm $15 closer to owning Anthem. I'm honestly looking yeah. at it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'd like to call my shot now, fellas. I'd like to call my shot um, September 7th, 2018, Anthem's oh, launch man. date. Right by my birthday. Woo. And why? Because that's when the uh, you know year one or whatever, year two update would come out for Destiny. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be bold. I think they're gonna put it right it. around oh, that because De- Destiny's years are near your birthday. I think this is gonna be Grimm's birthday game. I'm calling that shot now. Yeah. So when it happens, when we're in that window, you know, everyone can look back at the show. And just like I named the Nintendo Switch what it should have been named the homeboy <laughs> towards the end of last year. Um, I'm going to be right again uh, about this. I think the biggest thing for me, too, is it's Bioware. Like, when I was thinking Destiny 2, I was like, man, what do I want from... What do I want Bungie to do to make Destiny 2 the game I want it to be? And I basically was telling Grim and Dead it, like, I want them to cross-blend it with an MMO. And now we have a company that's made MMOs. And literally, I look at this trailer, and I'm like, take everything you love from Destiny... And everything you love from Warframe, and take all the bad shit out of them, and then put them together. And here's Anthem, and I'm yeah. like, oh my god, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it looks again. We, it, it's just a small snippet of what they've shown, but what they've shown has created excitement and and demand versus everything that happened previously with Destiny that created concern. And so uh, I'm going to take my shot since you're taking the seventh. I'm going to lock down September four or September fourth. Yes, which is the Tuesday before that. So we're going to lock down that week now because you got Tuesday releases and Friday releases. Yep. So I'm going to grab the September 4th. You're going to grab to September 7th. Jazzy, do you have a... Do you, you know, I a, called my <sighs> shot on the 7th. I forgot this isn't a Nintendo game. Yeah. But that's still, I'm still... Yeah. I know. locked the 4th and you yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. 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 Gonna, yeah. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to let you know be. next Tuesday, the Tuesday after that is September 11th. So I don't know. I don't know. If the, if Why the, would the, the, you give him that hand? Why couldn't he do the math in his head? I'm just saying. I that's don't why know. I give her call my shot first. That's it, yeah. And that's fine. Here's here's how I'm going to run this, okay? I'm going to give you what my shot is, and it's going to be completely wrong, but it's going to give me hope. Um, the second weekend in May, 
Because I want it the second weekend in May. It's not going to happen, but that's my hope. Before E3? <laughs> yep. Yep, damn right. I don't want to see this bitch at E3. Just give it to us. I like how bold your prediction is. He's like, yeah, it's coming out before E3. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, if it comes out anytime after that, before September, doesn't he win? Well, are we playing prices, right? I don't rules? know. How are we going to play this? Because he is being real bold. Yeah. So how does it work? Like one dollar, or is it just like if it's closer to September than it is May? Then you then know, I, I you know, I like those rules because if it doesn't come out between, if it doesn't come out on your day, I'm the latest, which means <laughs> yeah. I win if it gets delayed. Yeah. So yes, we're playing by those rules because <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're screwing you for picking the shortest window in between the two. That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how you got to do it. So okay, it's either the fourth or you lose. That's that, that's fine, and we'll we'll give him this one. But also remember that if it does get the D word that you said, we're beating your ass because you jinxed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you may so you win. Can take that win you with an ass beat on the way to Didn't didn't Bioware del- delay the hell out of Mass Effect? Oh yeah, they're known for delays. So yeah, yeah, oh, you God. just set yourself up for failure. All right, so there you have it. <laughs> Those are the categories in our top picks of 2017, uh, along with our most anticipated game for 2018. This we wanted to do a, just a special episode, moving into Christmas and the holidays here, and uh, look back on what fantastic, uh, what a fantastic year 2017 has been. So yeah, uh, make sure to join in the conversation. Join Discord. Go to GameZillaMedia.com, click on the Discord button. It's free. Talk with gamers from around the world every day, and uh, let's let's discuss favorite games, most biggest disappointments, regrets, uh, surprises, and, of course, anticipation for 2018. What are some of those picks for you? Uh, and we'll, we'll get into it further in the Discord. We want to also thank our sponsor for the show. Uh, in English, DetroitBeerCollective.com, the greatest place on all of the internet to purchase facial hair care products. Uh, order a beard crate for your loved one. The beard crate has everything you need, and you actually get to choose what scents uh, and what uh, things go into your beard crate to take care of you or your friend's facial hair. It's a perfect holiday gift because, uh, you know, if you didn't get them something by now, you might as well order it because you're not going to have anything for them for Christmas. But anyway, so you might as well get them a nice gift uh, to start 2018 off right. Order online. Use the checkout code MCGAMING to save 20% orders, $25 or more. That is DetroitBeardCollective.com. You know you can get them for Christmas if you haven't got them. They're Detroit Beard Collective products. A subscription to us on Patreon. Oh, make them a VIP. Uh, yeah, make them a VIP. Give them all these great perks like early access and tenured rewards and game of the month and fight club. It's coming up soon. Ooh. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff going on. So we're going to have to do fight club here and uh, wait till you see what it is. I know you don't know because I've been keeping it hidden, but I'm not excited. I'm just going to get abused again. Yeah. Jazzy, is that at a new URL? Is that a new place? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm worried. I'm super worried. Yes. Patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Not GameZilla Podcast, which I keep telling you. GameZilla Media. I'm a slow learner. All right. So we have uh, other shows, and we wanted to talk about, just make sure that we mention our brand new show. Noobs and Dragons, oh, our Dungeons and Dragons show. show that is hosted by Craig WK, the man, the myth, the legend himself. He has been doing a fantastic job with this show. If you are looking for an adventure to join, 
I just I thought of an inappropriate nickname for Craig. Oh, okay. I was like, what is, why are you laughing? He's the DM that puts his D in your M. There you go. That's tr- <laughs> It's true, though. He would actually appreciate that. <laughs> I like Jesse's for delayed. Delayed reaction. Uh, yeah, 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 I got it. Yeah. 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 Slow. All right. <laughs> Anyways, if you're looking for an adventure to join and, and want to follow some first timers going through Dungeons and Dragons. This is this is the show for you weekly every Wednesday. Uh, tune in on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Play, everywhere the podcasts are held, we're there. It is a story experience. It's more than just a regular podcast. Uh, the the tale that uh, Craig has whipped up and the this the journey that our characters are on. You guys are in for a good time if you listen. Absolutely. And then uh, retro games? That would be the Legend of Retro podcast, which airs every Thursday in the same great places. I just listened to a little uh, episode about, mm, I don't know, Final Fantasy VII? Because I played a shit ton of Final Fantasy VII. I was like, what do these guys got to say? And I was like, oh, yeah, oh, oh. And it was just a great like blast back to when I was in high school and playing this game because I was like, oh, I remember that. Oh, he's talking about, yeah, I remember doing that. And they tell you about all the little, like, tips and tricks and, like, stuff like that that they did in the game when they were playing through. And, like, it is just cool to see all that, like, come back. Like, oh, yeah, I did that move. Oh, yeah, I hated that part, you know? So, yeah, no, absolutely. And then, of course, if you're not getting enough Gamezilla podcast, then you need to tune in every Sunday for some Gamezilla Alpha. Uh, This last episode was... A interview with Xbit Gaming, uh, and we're talking about all sorts of cool things. Yeah, give it to me. <laughs> Xbit Gaming, what's up? Interview was done You're by welcome. our close friend Eight Bit Steve, and they talked about a lot of things. But one one interesting piece that, we're, and we're starting this interview um, section for the next couple weeks on Alpha is what if you're a streamer, if you want to be a streamer. What platform is right for you? Xbit Gaming has found their home on Facebook, and they found their streaming home on Facebook Live. And I think uh, Jeff over there, uh, owner of Xbit Gaming, really gives some insight on Facebook Live that people maybe don't think about. And if you're really trying to find the proper location for your stream or your your uh, content, take a listen to this episode. And then again, we're going to have some Mixer streamers. We're going to have some Twitch streamers um, coming on the show and talking about the platforms. And we want to build this kind of three three episode series where you can listen to them and maybe make an educated decision on where you want to start streaming your content. Plus, a world record was broken on the show. You're right. There's a new world rec- record. So for that's all held. of you listening to us live. Patreon.com slash Gamezilla Media. You can get your early access that's going on right now. For everybody else that's not listening to this live, it'll be out by then. Yeah. Treat yourself. Give yourself the gift of Gamezilla this season. Yeah. Treat yourself. Treat yourself, fool. Um, lastly, it's still going on. Yes, it'll still be going on at this point. Uh, we have our December giveaway in collaboration with Sheriff of Patty that you can go to uh, GameZillaMedia.com, click on the December giveaway. It is for a Logitech G810 keyboard and the G Pro mouse. It's like $190 value used by like esports teams like TSM and Cloud9, baby! Sorry. 
TS, I don't know why I put TSM in there. It should have just been Cloud9, baby! I can tell you, because they're using the keyboard. I can <laughs> tell you who's not. Liquid! <laughs> I don't know if Liquid's actually sponsored by uh, Logitech. Probably not. But anyway. Yeah. I, I just want to get hyped yeah. about it. We can tell you who's not sponsored at all. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> um, if you are listening to this and you're looking for a new keyboard mouse, it's our December giveaway. You just go click on it. It's free to enter. Nothing, No catches. Um that's our holiday giveaway, so make sure you get in on that. Last thing I want to say is YouTube is live. Our YouTube channel, GameZilla Media, is live, and Craig WK does it once again with Craig WK Longplay, where you can jump in there three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and watch Final Fantasy III on the Super Nintendo in his one-hour long play episodes that are 100% character-voiced, by Craig WK himself. That's right. Each character has its own unique voice. You're basically going to be able to watch through Final Fantasy 3 as if it was a little mini movie. So make sure to head on over to GameZilla Media on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Give that thumbs up to Craig to Craig's show. And get ready for a bunch of new content coming here early 2018. Guys, I might have to bail on Team Liquid. They use Razor keyboards. Told you. I told yeah. you, man. I told you. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I didn't want to tell you because yeah. you were on the hype train. For Liquid. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Actually, you know what we got to do now, right? You got to wear the green Razor headset. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sorry, man. No. Yeah, sorry. No. Team Liquid for life. I've got to change teams. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you guys want to say before we wrap this up? Besides, like, I don't know, happy holidays? Merry Christmas. Yeah, happy holidays. Merry yeah. Christmas. Watch us on Twitch, because we're going to be on Twitch a lot. Everybody's got time off for the holidays. So, you know, everybody that follows GameZilla Media, Testonomics, Loco, I'm sure I'm missing a whole bunch of people. Grimlock's going to be streaming. I'm going to be trying to do some uh, co-op streaming with him. Ethan Streaks. Which is a little different from streaming. It's on you stream. stream. It's on stream. Yeah. <laughs> Get me on you stream. You already know. Yep. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for hanging out on episode 188 of the Gamezilla podcast. Have a great holiday. We will see you. Are we going to do another show before the new year? Are we planning on it? Or is this kind of it? Like, should we say we'll see you in 2018? That's a good question. So New Year's Eve is like New Year's Day is Monday around recording yeah. day. So we'll have to record early again. I guess we'll have it, to discuss it. We won't say we won't say see in twenty eighteen just yet. But uh st- keep an eye out in Discord for what we're gonna do. But yeah, uh thanks for hanging out. We'll uh we'll keep it going. Just remember we are the free DLC for all your gaming news on the internet. And until next time, game, game on. on. Sluts, sluts, sluts. Merry Christmas. Just jam, though? Really? Just jam? The goat. <laughs>